This week's guest is Talita Cacho from Recife, Brazil. Her friend Camila Gama also joins the interview, and she does a terrific job as translator for the podcast. Talita is a beer aficionado, and she is an accredited beer sommelier, certified in beer brewing techniques and production, and has earned a specialization in beer pairing and beer mixology. We talk with Talita about the beer scene in Brazil, as well as the nuances of utilizing indigenous local ingredients in brewing beer and getting customers to try new beer styles and cocktails. It's a terrific conversation and one that you'll definitely enjoy. As always, check out the links in the show notes. Welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Kip. This is Dan, the producer extraordinaire. How's it going? I am doing awesome, as always, Ben. No complaints. Yeah, um, just living in a little police state here in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's been the same day for the last 380 days or so. Oh, but now it's different. Now cops can stop you on the street that's correct, and yes. ask you why you're, you've left your house. Yes, Commandant Ford to the rescue once again. Eh? <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Thank our provincial government. Yeah. Um, well, we have a great guest, as always, for our listeners on the Industry Podcast. Talita Cacho from Brazil is with us this evening. We're going to bring her in in a second. Uh, as always, we'd like to remind you to uh, punch that subscribe button on when you're listening to your favorite podcast, the Industry Podcast, wherever you choose to listen. That helps us out a great deal. If you got time to review or give us a five-star rating. I can't imagine we'd get a lower one. Can't see that happening. No, that'd be crazy. Um, <laughs> that that helps a lot as well. If you'd like to be on the show, just uh, DM us at the Industry Podcast, and we'll tell your story and your career in the service industry, because that's what we do here. Once again, as always, a big shout-out to our friend Zach Hanna at Zach Hanna Design for all of the great artwork. And we also should probably mention uh, Aaron Hatchell once again. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, yes. He's helped us a great deal with the booking. He's a mixologist extraordinaire over at Langdon Hall here in Ontario in the Waterloo region. we got a pretty amazing guest for you today, so we may as well just get right to it. Mm -hmm. Talita Katcha, how are you doing this evening? Uh, so I'm fine. Good. Uh, good evening to everyone. Um, I'm fine. I'm in Brazil here. Mm. Me and Camila, my friend, she's gonna help me to translate something. Yes, this is a yeah. this is our first official podcast with a translator, so we're excited about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where exactly in Brazil are you? Now I'm in São Paulo, but I'm living in Recife. It's a, a city in the northeast of Brazil, and I'm working there. But I'm working, uh, traveling all the country, uh, talking about beer and solid things. Right. So let's uh, let's what we want to talk about mostly, I think, on today's episode, because you obviously have gotten very deep into beer and from everything from the brewing of it to pairing it with food to mixology. So let's start with how did you get so into beer? Well, I'm going to uh, talk with Camila and she's going to translate. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Então, eu comecei na, na cerveja. Antes de virar sommelier de cervejas, eu era advogada. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she said that before she started working with beer, she used to be a lawyer. Oh, I cut the word advocate. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And we stood together. Yeah. So we were friends a long time. <laughs> 15 years. Uh, about 15 years. 
É, e aí eu me apaixonei pela cerveja numa viagem que eu fiz para uma cidade que tem uma festa cervejeira aqui no Brasil que se chama Blumenau. Okay, so she traveled to a place that where there is a very famous party here, a beer party, and it's called Blumenau. It's in Santa Catarina state, and that's when she fell in love with beer. Oh, oh. so what is? No, oh, sorry, go ahead. Não. Não. Oh. E aí, depois da, de me apaixonar pela cerveja, eu comecei a estudar cerveja, virei sommelier de cervejas, né? comecei a trabalhar com cervejas e é, dentro desse meu trabalho com a cerveja, de harmonizações, surgiu a oportunidade de fazer um curso de coquetelaria, né? e aí eu me transformei em bartender Ei. e hoje eu trabalho com, com isso basicamente. Okay, so after she fell in love with beer, she had the opportunity to study about brewing, about mixology, and all the aspects that beer uh, had to study. And then she had the opportunity to work with it and improve it. And nowadays she works with that and it's her passion. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so I have a few questions about that. Uh, first of all, What is the training like to become a beer sommelier? Is it similar to being a wine sommelier? É, é bem parecido. It's pretty similar. Mm. Nós fazemos um curso, né, de um curso profissionalizante para ser sommelier de cervejas, onde nesse curso a gente é, em, é, entra a fundo no assunto cerveja. So she said that they have this very deep course when they come to very deep conversations and studies about beer and it's pretty much similar how deep you go studying like wine and when you are uh, studying to be a sommelier you have to go deep further on the the subject and beer is pretty much the same so i think people are more familiar with wine sommeliers so there's plenty of jobs out there and like fine dining restaurants for a wine sommelier it, like do you find that it's the same thing with beer like are people looking for beer sommeliers for their does that help you find a job in a bar or restaurant or is is that still do you think we need to we need some work on that to get place get uh, sort of restaurants and bars to the place where they're looking for a sommelier for beer bom aqui no brasil é uma profissão que ainda é, tá caminhando para se concre concretizar no mercado Okay, so here in Brazil, it's something that it's still working on. It's not very much knowing. Uh, people think about wine sommeliers, but it's not very much. Uh, people don't know there is a beer sommelier right. still here. E aí é uma profissão que está começando a despontar no mercado, mas que ainda precisa de mais conhecimento. Né? Existem alguns bares específicos de cerveja que sim procuram o sommelier, e algumas cervejarias também que procuram o sommelier para representá-las. Ok, so here in Brazil, it's still growing and people do not know much, but some specialized restaurants that work with beer and some breweries, they they look for uh, beer sommeliers that are specialized in beers, but it still needs more uh, effort to be known by regular people, and it's growing here. Right. To kind of get not only bars and restaurants, but the guests at the that come to the bars and restaurants to appreciate beer in the same way that they appreciate wine and how you can pair it with food and how that can enhance your entire experience. 
que também você tem essa parte de procurar, tipo, o consumidor que vai no bar e no restaurante, de ter esse acompanhamento de Sim. fazer a harmonização, de... Sim, as pessoas que procuram restaurantes, pubs, cervejeiros, especializados em cerveja, geralmente são pessoas que já têm algum conhecimento prévio de cerveja ou que estão querendo começar a conhecer okay. e aí procuram esses restaurantes. Ok, so the guests that come to the specialized restaurants, to the breweries or the pubs, or there are almost sometimes more people that already have some knowledge about beer and they want to know more, but there is also the people that goes and they want to, they know nothing and they want to start learning just right. like a wine taster that wants to start knowing. Hum. E aí a gente começa com essa experiência é, clínico-gastronômica, né, fazendo a, as harmonizações. Yeah, and then when the person goes there and wants to have this very particular experience with beer, mixing with the gastronomic area, so uh, she and all the sommeliers start working on that and people start knowing more about how to harmonize and... Yeah, drink the, it the, yeah. better. Yeah. And uh, doing the beer pairing, né? it's the, yes. the correct word to say. So uh, sometimes the people look look after me to to do the, the this type of things, uh, to do like beer pairing with beer and food, solid pairing with beer in cocktails and uh, mm. all the, the the things that we go that we do. Here. So what's one of the favorite, like, I, I'm glad that we're talking about the cocktail, the mixology part of it as well. The, what's one of your favorite cocktails that you've made with beer or what, like, what does beer lend itself well to be paired with in a cocktail? Qual é o teu preferido de cocktail com cerveja ou como é que você diria que seria uma coisa ideal para você fazer com cerveja? Um coquetel, mixologia, né? Sim, falando sobre coquetéis com cerveja, eu gosto muito de coquetéis mais refrescantes. Aqui no Brasil a gente tem um estilo específico que é criado nosso. Ah, isso pode falar. Yeah, so, uh, she said that when it comes to mixology with beer, she prefers uh, more refreshing cocktails. And here in Brazil, we have our own style of mixology. No, of uh, beer. Of beer, yeah. Ah. Beer it's called uh, Catarina Sour. Oh, it's yeah. a, a new type of style. I make some cocktails, some beer cocktails with uh, this style. A, a, a beer with um perfil sensorial uh, ácido, e que geralmente leva fruta, e eu misturo geralmente com gin. Okay, so it has a profile a little bit more acid. And it's also mixed up with some fruit, and usually she mixes it with some gin. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. right. When a beer like that has like kind of a lot of the characteristics or features that you would mix in a cocktail anyway, then does that make it a little bit easier to uh, to figure out the rest of the ingredients? Like you kind of have a lot of the ingredients just from the beer. Ele tem, você está falando assim, a cerveja já tem muito muita coisa carregada tem, nela, né? né? E tipo assim, como é que você faz para trazer os outros ingredientes, já que a própria cerveja já tem tantos ingredientes, não? É, geralmente eu, eu utilizo algum ingrediente que vai enaltecer os dois, e aí eu posso utilizar uma solução salina ou então xarope. Okay, so she said that when she comes to do the mixology with the beer, she thinks about some ingredient that's going to improve the flavor of the beer, not 
it doesn't matter what goes in the beer, but it's going to improve it. So sometimes you use some uh, solution or syrup that goes and improves it. Ah, so when you... salt solution or, or syrup, depending da fruta que é a, a cerveja, eu uso o xarope dessa cerveja. And depending on which fruit goes with the beer, uh, she uses the syrup of the same fruit, so she improves the, uh, the flavor when you taste it. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. I'm also interested in, like, the food pairing with beer. What's the key for pairing food with beer? Like, give us some of the go-tos. Like, you know, with wine, it's like, oh, yeah, white wine and seafood or whatever, right? Like, are there some go-tos with beer? Yeah, when we go uh, do the beer pairing, we have... A gente tem, tipo, uma máxima que fala que comida, cervejas leves vão com, com comidas leves, cervejas medianas com, com comidas medianas e cervejas mais pesadas com comidas mais pesadas. Okay, so they have this quote that says that easy beers, light beers goes with light foods. Medium beers goes with medium foods and hard beers or stronger beers goes with stronger foods. Uh -huh. E aí quando eu falo ne nesse sentido é, dando um exemplo como uma pilsen, combina muito com frutos do mar, com comidas, com saladas. Okay, so explaining better that, for example, a pilsen beer goes well with seafood or salad because it's a light beer and light food. Uma blonde ale. É, pode harmonizar muito bem com algum queijo e alguma geleia. Ok, blonde ale uh, can go very well with some cheese or some uh, jelly that is a little bit stronger, so it be a medium. E, uh, digamos, uma carne de porco defumada com uma cerveja mais pesada como uma IPA ou uma Hulk Beer. And for example, uh, IPA or Hulk beer, it would go well with like pork, pulled pork, pulled pork, or something that has a stronger taste. So there's a, a stronger pairing. So yeah, it is very similar then, right? Because like when you're, I know when you're trying to pair wine with food, you, the whole deal is like high acid food with high acid wine makes sense like you want something that's gonna complement it rather than overwhelm the flavor one way or the other. Isso. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Yeah. <laughs> See? I, <laughs> I, I, I got your job now. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a sommelier yeah. now. <laughs> okay, so if, if you don't mind, because to be honest with you, your bio is so extensive. You've done, you, you have so many qualifications, certifications. Maybe you could just explain to our listeners exactly like sort of the qualifications certifications you've achieved and what you use them for on it in your daily work todas as tuas certificações qualificações para você dar uma explicada para o pessoal porque seu sua é tão grande mas você tem que falar aos poucos porque senão tá bom <risos> então hoje dentro da cerveja é, eu trabalho mais com essa parte de harmonização e de mixologia com cerveja Okay, so nowadays, I'm, I'm going to say I, but... Yeah, yeah. No. We, we... <laughs> it's in here. No, Sorry. Fair. No problem. So, nowadays, when it comes to beer, I work... With a beer pairing and... Yeah, beer pairing and mixology. I, sometimes I... Eu escrevo... Eu desenho receitas para algumas cervejarias. Okay, uh, sometimes I create some uh, recipes for some breweries. Yeah. E, as e aí eu tenho algumas parcerias, eu dou aula de mixologia com cerveja no Instituto Internacional de Cerveja aqui no Brasil. 
And I have some partnerships. So now I'm a teacher at an international beer institute here in Brazil. E hoje eu tenho alguns, como eu tenho uma empresa, né, de consultoria, de, é, de, de treinamentos, e aí eu, eu dou esses treinamentos para algumas cervejarias que me contratam, geralmente dão treinamentos de brigada, falando com o pessoal que está vendendo a cerveja. And I also own consulting company here, so I, I go to the restaurants and pubs and talk to people that is, uh, sells the, the beer. So I teach them how to sell it and how to pair them so they know how to sell it in a better way. Here in where we live, there's a huge craft beer scene in, in our province in Canada right now. It's it's everywhere. It's There's ton, like just hundreds and hundreds of craft breweries. Is the same thing sort of happening in Brazil right now? Pretty much, but uh, not in the same size of the, of uh, your country. Mm. Aqui tá, tá mais lento o crescimento. The growth here is a little bit slower than there, but we see the movement of the creation of craft breweries here too. The one thing I'm sort of interested in as well is like you were mentioning that you'll come to a brewery with a recipe to help them like brew their beer. Like what's the process involved in that? Like uh, you partner up with a brewery and then you already have some recipes in mind or do you work together on what they're looking for? How does that work? Na verdade, eu tenho algumas receitas já desenhadas e aí é, as, as cervejarias elas chegam e, e perguntam, Palita, vamos fazer uma parceria? O que é que você acha de desenhar uma receita para gente? Os donos das cervejarias. <laughs> okay, é. so I I already have uh, some recipes that are created and I keep them and sometimes the breweries just come to me and and ask to partner up with them and they ask if I have the interest to go and create a new recipe for them. E aí eles me dizem o que é que, ele, que eles querem dentro de uma receita e dentro do, do que eles querem eu vou criando uma nova receita de cerveja, geralmente utilizando alguma fruta da, daqui do, do, do Brasil ou do Nordeste do país, porque o Brasil é um país muito grande. E aí tem essa possibilidade de, de ter essa versatilidade dentro de, de receitas. So when they come to me, they say what they want to go on the recipe. So for example, I use fruits and Brazilian fruits, fruits from the northeast that, that are more rare, rarer. So here we have a very huge country. So we have pretty much a different fruits from every region. So when they come, I try to use them because it's very particular and it's uh, we have the possibility to use a very particular ingredients to go with the beer when they ask. So it's <laughs> right. Okay. So you already sort of have some recipes in mind and then you tweak them based on what they're looking for and what ingredients they've asked you to include. What What's your kind of certain beers you prefer brewing than other ones, certain styles? É, eu gosto de, de fazer receitas é, mais é, diferentes do que as, as normais. Por exemplo, eu fiz um, um estilo histórico agora com caju. Okay, so I like to do... Uh styles that are different than the regular you want, want to see. So now I just had the opportunity to brew a historic style with uh, cashew. Oh, cool. Uh, wow. It's called Goes. It's a... a uh, goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a British style, a uh, no, uh, German style. It's a historical style that beer have cashew and salt. 
Yeah, oh. it's very salty, the ghost beers. That's what I know yeah. about them. Yeah. So I've always had this impression, and it could be ignorant, but like, so up here in Canada, it's fucking cold all the time. Like, we're, <laughs> we're all just miserable and want to be where you are. <laughs> just kidding. But, but, I live there. Oh, yeah. I live in Nova Scotia. Oh, Nova Scotia. Ooh, that's a lot of snow out there. Yeah. A lot of snow. So in our area of the world, like, we're very into, like, these, well, not everybody. Obviously, everyone's different. But, like, we're more, there are more people inclined to drink, like, a stout or a, a heavy IPA or something like that. Whereas I've always been, like, when I visit the countries that are warmer like somewhere in south america or in the caribbean or whatever you just kind of want something that's just going to be refreshing because it's hot and you don't so so i've always kind of under the impression that like the sort of meteor higher btu beers are kind of sort of a more northern thing and a southern thing is like a nice refreshing lager or like is this an ignorant opinion or do you find that's the same thing não, porque aqui no Brasil o estilo mais popular de cerveja artesanal de craft beer é a IPA, que é um estilo bem amargo. Yeah, so no, it's it, it's not the truth because here in Brazil <laughs> the most popular style is IPA and it's uh, a strong IPA. beer IPA. IPA, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a strong beer and oh, wow. it's, a, uh, it's the most popular here. Uh. One of most popular yeah. here. Now we have the pasture stouts, we have the barley wines, uh, we have a lot of beers with a high ABV alcohol, and they they make sauces here. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, normally I don't really love it when people come on my show and tell me I'm wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, you're the Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, no, well, that's good. To, that's good to know because I'm just like often like I think when we as like um, North Americans go to visit like resorts or whatever, that's like you go to a resort in Mexico, they're just slinging Corona to like the so that that's kind of the impression you end up getting. But it's good to know that they're doing a lot of good stuff with craft in Brazil. Yeah, é, é muito interessante falar porque sim, o brasileiro ele bebe muita cerveja refrescante, mas dentro das cervejas artesanais que estão ganhando espaço, as cervejas mais amargas elas estão sendo mais popularizadas. Yeah, so it's interesting because we do drink a lot of refreshing beers here. It's it's popular, it's huge, but when we talk about craft beer, then we see the movement that people like to drink uh, more sour beers, stronger beers. It's good. So how many, like, I know you said it's not exactly like it is in, say, Canada or Ontario with the craft, but like how is the craft beer movement developing in Brazil? Like, is it, like, is it still pretty slowly or are you starting to explode a little? Ainda está muito lento, mas está crescendo. Yeah, it's way slow than it should be, but it's growing. We see a growth, but it's like... E muito por conta da pandemia. Yeah, and it's, it's slower now because of the pandemic. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so... What, what is it? My brain is slower because of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so you sound, and correct me if I'm wrong, you sound almost a little frustrated about how it's developing so slowly because technically this is what you do, right? Like, I'm sure you're trying to move it along a little quicker. É, então, é, foi por isso que eu dei uma migrada. Eu, eu, eu 
tipo, passeio entre, é, passeio entre os dois mundos e também por isso eu dei uma migrada para a área de coquetelaria e hoje, hoje em dia eu trabalho mais com coquetelaria, com os destilados, do que com a cerveja de fato. Yeah, that's the reason why I had to do the movement to go to the mixology uh, area also because I could work more with distilled drinks and uh, open up the possibilities. And nowadays I work more with the mixology area than with beer strictly. Ah, right. Okay. And that's been pretty well received in Brazil, Sao Paulo, etc.? Okay. Sim, foi bem recebido, se essa parte é bem recebida. Sim, muito. 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 muito. de muito. Sim, 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 ou um vinho. Então, isso é muito. comum no Brasil. Yeah, here in Brazil, it's pretty common for people to cheer up and join each other and celebrate. So whenever you go to a restaurant or a bar, you always see someone drinking a beer or a cocktail or a wine. Uh, Brazilian Brazilians in general like a lot to drink. So dentro da pandemia, houve uma uma um aumento de consumo de álcool substancial, né, principalmente álcool destilado. And during the pandemics, we saw like growth of the consuming of alcoholic drinks and especially distilled drinks. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, talk to me a little bit about what you like when you're teaching your program. Um, What, like, what, what is what is it that you're teaching? Like what people who sign up for your course, what are they learning when they come to you? O que, é que eles aprendem quando eles vão aprender com você? Então... Fala um pedaço, porque tô... tá. <risos> Eu dou aula dentro de um projeto da Diageo, né? É, que se chama Learning for Life. E aí eu dou é, aula sobre de profissionalizante para se tornar bartender. Ok, so nowadays I teach on a social project for Diageo. It's called Learning for Life, and it's a professional course for you to turn into a bartender. So oh, okay. it goes away from the start, from the beginning. About e aí a gente fala sobre tudo. Fala sobre é, bebidas fermentadas, bebidas destiladas, de técnicas de como fazer um drink. Então, as pessoas, elas aprendem isso comigo e eu tive que me capacitar para dar essas aulas. Ok, so it goes from the start, talking about the, the, the drinks, so distilled or wines or beers and cocktails and the techniques and how you can prepare them. And she had to, I had to make myself able to teach them. So I had to study a lot before teaching because it comes from the start to the, to the end. So from the, the planning to the delivery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and so when you're teaching like a course like that, now I know it's just about bartending in general. Are you trying to also mix in your beer knowledge into the instruction as well because you know so much about it? Like it almost may, must be hard not to. O conhecimento em cerveja, inclusive, para mim, foi um facilitador para aprender sobre outras bebidas. Porque a partir do momento que eu comecei a aprender sobre cerveja, e tive um conhecimento prévio da cerveja, foi um, uma porta de entrada para eu aprender sobre outras bebidas. 
Okay, so the knowledge about beer is always inside the, the course. And during the period that I was studying about beer, it was a facilitator for me to get to know the other kinds of drinks because I had to study more about them. And then when, when it comes to the other kind of drinks, it was easier for me to understand better how they worked. Right, right, right. Okay, and you're also doing some uh, writing as well for some magazines. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Então, são algumas publicações são sazonais, né? É, e, as, e tem uma que é de dois em dois meses. E aí eu falo sobre mixologia nordestina, falo em um site que se chama o Farofa Magazine, falo sobre cervejas no Arquitetando Estilos, e falo sobre o mundo das bebidas no geral, na, na revista sazonal, que é publicada de, a cada seis em seis meses, que se chama Up Magazine. Ok, so the articles goes on a different timeline. So up to two from two months, I write for the... É, Arquitetando Estilos. Arquitetting Styles. <laughs> And she writes about uh, the mixology in the Northeast and the very particular styles é, no Farofa Magazine in the it comes it's called Farofa Magazine magazine uh, Farofa here is like you know manioc flour oh okay yeah yeah no. when you cook it it's like very common here in Brazil to eat so it's it's called Farofa and it's oh, okay. the name of the magazine and then uh, I write about Northeast, uh, how mixology is going on Northeast, the styles and what's going on. Tipo de frutas, de kinds of fruits. Coisas diferentes que tem no Nordeste que não tem no Sul do país. Different things that has in Northeast, Northeast that it, you can't find in the Southern or South of Brazil. And okay. the last one, the last uh, magazine. E aí eu falo na, na From up. six to six months, she writes on the Up magazine about mixology. Okay. In a general, general, uh, general yeah. beers is the world of the of world of the drinks. Right. Uh, look like that. É uma é uma revista que eu falo tanto sobre cerveja como destilados e aí eu falo mais sobre as expresso é, os destilados e cervejas mesmo, tipo conto a história do whisky, conto a história da cerveja e por aí vai. Okay, so this Up magazine it's a little different because there I talk about the drink itself, so I talk about the beer, the story of the beer and about the whisky, for example, and the story of the whisky or the bourbon or in every kind of drink, every kind of drinks. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> so Since you brought it up and just what you're writing about a lot, what is like this Northeast style of cocktail crafting in Brazil? Oi. Qual é o estilo do Nordeste na, nessa coquetelaria? Então, já que você traz Sim. um pouco desse estilo. É, utilizando muita a coquetelaria, é, utilizando muito da nossa cultura ancestral de, de utilizar frutas, é, condimentos que não existem é, no sul do país, que são mais fáceis de encontrar lá. Okay, so uh, it's pretty much using. We have a very uh, deep uh, connection with our ancestral culture. So when it comes to the use of the fruits and the spices that we only have in the northeast, and they come from nature, and they come, they came from uh, the the 
I don't know, the people that came before us and they brought it to Brazil. And it's pretty much something that you only find in the north or northeast region. And when you come to the north, the southern or the south, you can't find them. So it's pretty much focused on these ingredients that you can only find there. E aí também muitos coquetéis refrescantes por conta do nosso clima. And a lot of refreshing cocktails because it's a warm weather. Right. Yeah, see, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> you you weren't you weren't wrong. You were misunderstood. <laughs> I, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of cool. So, what are some of the fruits and spices, for instance, in the Northeast that you can't get in the South? Quais os tipos? Cajá, caju é muito difícil. É encontrado, mas às vezes é muito difícil. Tipo de caju que tem no Nordeste. Deixa eu ver mais. Uh, Capim limão, lemongrass. Yeah, it's it's hard to translate actually. Hard to translate the name because they have the name of the fruits because they have a unique names. So oh, okay. we have acerola, cajá, umbu, and we can't even relate to something that's similar. Oh, okay. to, to understand because they are very unique from the region. So yeah. So we just gotta go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You should come. Yeah, we should. Well, well when we're right now, we're not, we can't even leave the house. So. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I did want to talk to you, but you mentioned you were in Nova Scotia for a while. What were you doing there, and uh, were you working in the industry at the time, or? No, I was. I was studying high school. She went for high school. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she was only seventeen. Oh. E eu fui só para terminar o ensino médio. She went just to finish high um school and trying to learn a little bit of English. Okay, yeah. she's saying now that is so long time ago, that's why her English is not so good anymore. <laughs> it, it, it's still pretty good, don't yeah, worry. it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, sometimes I, I, I just forgot the words, so yeah, uh, that's why I, I call it Camila to help me because. She talks in English more often than me. You know what I find is like because we grew up speaking a lot of French, and and I was in French immersion program in here in Ontario, but I haven't practiced it in so long that like I can understand what people are saying to me, but then there's a pause. I have to think about how to respond. It's too slow for conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what uh, what happened with me now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, don't I worry about it. French in Canada. Oh, you did as well. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Montreal. <laughs> oh, nice. Montreal's, Montreal's cooler than Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I like Canada so much, I even have a maple leaf tattoo. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have we, we don't have those. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you do. I don't actually I'm know. I'm way more Canadian than you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Man, we're getting beat down on this show here. <laughs> okay, I did want to talk to you about Talita about the the consulting business a little bit because I sometimes that can be a sort of hard thing to a hard business to get going. Like how how did you find? First of all, was it hard to get going or because were you already pretty well known with all your credentials or was it and if it was hard to get going, how did you manage to do it? Do you do it through social media? How do you get yourself out there? 
Hum. Ele quer que você fale um pouco da consultoria e como é que você faz para fazer a sua divulgação, como é que está sendo o que estou com mídias sociais e o que você faz para fazer. Ah, tá. Minha consultoria, ela, ela tipo, vai muito de boca a boca, eu não faço muita propaganda. O que é que eu faço? Eu utilizo minhas redes sociais né, como um cartão de visitas. Ok, so, uh, about the consultancy, uh, it goes way Uh, more from people to people talking to each other when we when I do a project. So uh, I do a project and the, but this person goes to another and says that it was a good project and it goes like that. I don't use much the social media to advertise or something like that, just to showcase uh, the products that I that I'm doing, but not to advertise. E eu, eu tenho algumas, algumas... Aqui no Brasil é muito comum essa rede de networking que a gente faz, porque é um, é um grupo ainda que queira que não é muito pequeno, e aí, é, tipo, eu fiz um projeto grande, as, ou, ou dentro de, da minha cidade, outras pessoas viram esse projeto, que teve uma, uma repercussão meio que, que maior do que outros projetos, e aí elas começaram a me chamar para fazer vários projetos, e por isso que está andando essa questão da consultoria mesmo dentro da pandemia. Yeah, since it's like a very small group of people that do this kind of work here in Brazil, when you do a project that it's showcased in your region or in your city, uh, people just goes and sees it and it comes to a network uh, relationship and people talk to each other and then that's how it's going on, on the consulting. But uh, even in the pandemics, it's working like that. You, you do a, a larger project then it's showcased in the social media or some someone that goes there and photographs and talk about it and then the other person that needs something similar just comes and requests the services mm. so how uh, i'm glad you brought that up how have you found that your consulting work or any of your work has changed since the pandemic Okay. que você viu que mudou tipo o seu trabalho de consultoria ou qualquer outro trabalho tipo como é que isso se comportou durante a pandemia então teve uma época que eu fiquei bem parada porque é, as coisas fecharam né teve lockdown teve vários lockdowns na verdade e a gente está saindo de um lockdown agora no Brasil tá. so in the beginning it was harder and uh, I spent a time with no projects going on because things were just closed and there was this lockdown period so we had to just stop working and Brazil is currently in, in a lockdown, lockdown so it's no. not yeah 100 but yeah it's closed e aí, né, quando teve um pequeno momento que reabriu, e aí é, eu trabalhei bastante, mas no momento eu tô ficando tá, tá a passos lentos, né? And there was this moment where things started to reopen and then I worked very hard in this period trying to compensate the the past, but nowadays it's going slower and we are still close here, so is that it affects uh, it didn't stop now but it's way slower, slower than it was uh, when it reopened and right. before the pandemic yeah and and the situation's pretty bad there right now as i understand yeah. um that that's maybe a bit of a politically bungled situation would you say that was accurate yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank uh, you mr president thank you mr president <laughs> 
Well, well we, we were just bitching about our Mr. Premier in Ontario for the exact same reason. So we we know we we feel your pain. Yeah. We have. A, oh my God, no! I could change it. Your Premier there for my press. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we we should do we should do an astage like a swap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you know, you, you'd like, oh my god, I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> if we could both lose them in transit, though, that would be the best. <laughs> yeah. <lose> yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is your plan for when everything opens back up? Like, how do you? Because, like you said, you kind of gotta like the expression of the make hay while the sun shines sort of thing, especially during these times. Like, what's your plan to get back into? Your consulting work and working with breweries again, and and and, and all the all the amazing things you do. Like, how, how are you gonna? What's your plan to jump back into that and expand and work and work it once we're out of this nonsense? Quais são os seus planos agora quando voltar as coisas tudo que vai voltar em algum momento? Meus planos, o primeiro de tudo é voltar a dar aula presencial, porque hoje eu estou só dando aula online. Okay, so first of all, it's to teach in person because nowadays. Um, only teaching online and it's different. É, é, voltar para os bares que eu, que eu trabalhava com é, é, chefiando os bares, estando de fato fazendo os drinks, que é uma coisa que eu sinto muita falta. Yeah, go get back to the bars where I used to work uh, in person and wow. in the bars, like, it's different when you treat with people face to face, so it's uh, it would be like the most important thing to do to get back to the to the bars. Fazer os cocktails e, e voltar também a treinar uh, o pessoal que trabalha no bar, porque aqui no Brasil eles ainda são muito carentes de informações. Okay, so get back to the to the bars physically and training the people that actually works with the the bartenders that 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 not only uh, execute uh, but also sells and training them because here in Brazil they are still very poor about information about the what they are doing or about what they are selling so uh, going back to teach them it's a very important thing to do after the pandemics and it's going to make the difference right and, and do you find that is is that a thing that you think is specific to Brazil where the the bartending scene there is just kind of like they don't care enough about the product or is this just like a problem with all bartenders Você acha que é um problema do Brasil, que tipo, eles tipo, não se aprofundam muito no produto ou é tipo, um problema dos batendas em geral? Tipo? Na verdade, não é um problema do Brasil. Uh, uh, o problema é que muitas pessoas entram nessa área né, é, como se fosse um escape, né, porque não tem outra coisa para fazer e aí, ah, eu vou ser bartender. E aí, é, às vezes falta a oportunidade, mas quando eles têm a oportunidade, eles estudam. Okay, so it's not only a problem in Brazil. It's pretty much because some people go to the bartending area because they only see this opportunity as the only one possible in the moment and they go there because okay I have nothing to do so I'll just right. go and be bartender uh, but pretty much when they have the opportunity to learn they they like it and they go for it but it's not only in Brazil that it's in everywhere it's like bartending uh, it's still not seen as a very how can i say it like uh, academic or something yeah. something no, that yeah. you have to study yeah. to be and but but i i see that scene 
changing in all of the world. I agree with you. uh, Because we have a lot of bartenders, a lot of mixologists uh, having uh, a great show. And uh, the contest. The contests yeah. uh, that we have, we have world class here is the biggest contest in the world, and the people are looking for the to participate in this contest, and uh, that's uh, amazing for our job. Yeah, I agree with you, I, and I, I do think it's changing as well, and that's great for all of us. I just have a couple more quick questions for you, then we'll let you go. You've given us a lot of time here. First of all, what is your favorite style of beer? Meu estilo preferido de cerveja? I know this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I have a lot of different styles that I like, but I like my favorite one. It's Catarina Sour from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Then oh, those... sorry. Can I just interrupt you for a quick second? What What's the difference between like a Catarina Sour and just like a regular sour? Like what? Uh, because Catarina Sour have uh, fruits and uh, a lactic acid, sour, lactic acid? yeah, lactic lactic yeah. acid, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they have fruits from Brazil or, or other fruits, oh, okay. and they have a, a medium ABV, like five point five zero two percent, five oh five, like that. Okay. And then I like uh, ghost a lot. Mm-hmm. That uh, Germany style. And I like uh, the Belgian gold strong ale. Oh, okay. Barley wine, once it's one of my favorites. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> strong beers and different yeah. beers. Yeah, so I was wrong the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not let. I'm not gonna let this go. <laughs> <I'm just gonna laughs> okay, I have one last question for you. If we've been talking about kind of educating people about beer and how it has just as much to offer as wine, what would you say to someone who has not made that connection yet? How would you sell them on beer as a great thing to pair with food and a gr- and cocktails, and as opposed to like people who just go out for dinner and they want wine or they want a craft cocktail that doesn't include beer? Como é que você venderia é, você fazer, por exemplo, harmonização com cerveja para uma pessoa que está acostumada a fazer com vinho, que é uma pessoa que não tem assim, esse, como é que você venderia? Isso? Sim, então, eu, eu chegaria oferecendo uma nova proposta de experiência gastronômica. So, uh, I would approach them to offer a new gastronomic experience. Trazendo a cerveja e aí utilizando essa questão do open your mind. Okay, bringing beer to the table and uh, selling the idea of opening your minds to new flavors, new experiences. E, e aí é, explicaria o, o, o porquê da cerveja, que a cerveja nem toda cerveja é igual, que existem vários estilos diferentes com complexidades diferentes. And then I would explain about the beer, that, that beer is not only beer, there are a lot of styles, a lot of complexity, a lot of uh, different qualities in each one. E aí traria com uma comida que é, de fato trouxesse, fizesse essa harmonização etílico-gastronômica. 
And then I would pair with some uh, food that really brings up the experience of something that mixes the alcoholic experience and the gastronomic experience in a fusion way. Yeah, uh, as I say to my to my students uh, often, we don't sell beer; we sell the experience. Right. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Ladies, both of you are lovely and awesome. And this was a super great conversation. We really appreciate you taking some time, uh, especially, I mean, I know we have a lot more time on our hands these days, but still, uh, thank you so much for doing it. And we, we like, this is our first official translated uh, <laughs> podcast. So, so, we, so for both of you to take the time, we really appreciate it. That was a super fascinating conversation. And uh, we'll have all the links to all of your stuff, Talita, in our show notes so people can read up on what you're doing and follow you on Instagram, etc. So thank you very much. Miguel, eu quero agradecer pelo convite, que foi uma surpresa para mim, muito agradável. E que se ele quisesse conversar comigo aqui mais duas horas, eu conversava. Okay, so she's saying that she thanks you a lot, you guys, for the invitation, that she, it was a surprise for her and she feels very happy with it. And that if you wanted to keep talking for two hours more, she would be talking for two hours. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, awesome. What, so thank thank you. you, guys. It was an amazing experience to do this podcast. It's my first podcast. Oh really? Oh, we couldn't. We couldn't tell. Yeah, you did great. It's your next. This should be your next thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, uh, for whatever because I I'm not a translator. I'm just trying. No, to was help great. Here, so. No, it was awesome. Yeah. You did a wonderful job. Yeah, but thank you very much, both. You guys are awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you right. so much. Yeah. Enjoy Take your care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ciao ciao.